Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Mind Body Mastery Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Michaels, and I thank you so much for being here with me again today. This is episode number 45, and I just want to take a moment to thank everyone who has left me a beautiful review on iTunes. Thank you so much for offering just a little bit of your love. This podcast of mine is uh, quite labor intensive. It takes a lot of time. I probably spent eight hours yesterday composing um, my thoughts for today's episode. So, um, so it takes it takes a lot of my energy, and so any energy you can offer back to me. Um, reviews are probably the easiest and cheapest way. Um, to send me some energy back. So I so appreciate you guys um, who have been leaving me reviews and I can't thank you enough for your kind words and, um, and love. So thank you, thank you. Also, I want to thank everyone who applied to get live on the air coaching. I'm getting to everyone but it's taking me a little time. This was a busy week for me. I had a lot more interest than I thought I would get. So I'm in the process of scheduling the first few calls and do intend to get to all of you. So sit tight. I'm coming for you. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you can head on over to caitlinmichaels.org and, uh, oh, caitlinmichaels.org slash podcast coaching. And I've got a little blurb about what I'm up to and you can apply to get coached live on the air. So today I want to talk about something that I've been running into a lot with my patients, with my coaching clients. Um, and this is this whole concept of being an empath. Empaths, I believe are all around us. If you're someone who can walk into a room and just feel the energy of the room before anybody says a word, if you're someone who can tell if your partner or your child or your grandmother is having a depressed day without even hearing the words from their mouth and just kind of feeling their energy, then that means, in my opinion, that you are an empath. And the thing about being an empath is that we absorb the energy of those around us and we kind of take it on as our own when a lot of times it is not at all our own and we're just kind of um, taking on other people's energy. So I want to dip into this subject a little bit today and this is another one of these episodes that kind of dives into the spiritual realms of life so I hope you don't mind me following um, following this thread down the rabbit hole so I will share a little bit of my own backstory of my own life and so you can tune into that and see if it's something that you resonate with Personally, when I began learning about empaths and highly sensitive people a few years ago, I sort of felt like this missing piece of my life's puzzle came into place because I finally had an explanation as to why I felt so deeply and intensely my entire life. But without knowing more about the ins and outs of what it really means to be an empath, it almost felt like it was a curse rather than a gift. Like, like I felt like I was too sensitive to walk through malls. I thought I was too sensitive to be around strong smells. I was too sensitive to be, um, 
at gatherings for long periods of time without feeling like I wanted to leave. So if you are someone who already identifies as an empath, or you think you might possibly be an empath, or maybe you've just heard the word and you're not sure if it applies to you, then today I just want to offer you a little more insight into what it means to me and how you can begin to turn this into a gift that you can take ownership of rather than feeling like it's an emotional or physical burden. Um, And I think a lot of TMS patients actually are undiagnosed empaths. And of course it's undiagnosed because it's not a medical term. It's a, it's a spiritual term really. And for me, looking back on my own life, I think I've been an empath since I was born. I was a really, really sensitive, emotional kid. I remember just, I remember just crying my entire childhood and, um, and I would cry for hours, not really knowing why or what for. I would often try to leave school. I would feign illness so that I could be sent home when really I just couldn't handle the environment or the emotionality of the day. And I wanted to go regenerate in solitude or go cry in solitude. I was very quickly known at school as the crier. And I literally felt as if I had absolutely no control over my emotional experience. And so then my excessive tears and my overly sensitive personality led to a childhood of my peers not knowing at all how to handle that. And that led to bullying, which led to more emotions and an overall isolated and super alone um, feelings throughout my childhood. My grandmother would call me tender hearted. And she told me that I was probably going to be a nurse someday because I was ultra sensitive and so caring. And, um, but when I was going through that, like that didn't seem like a good thing to me. I really didn't like that. I felt so deeply and I wanted a way to turn it off. And looking back, I think that The first time I remember feeling like I had any semblance of control over this overly sensitive part of me was when I began my first numbing strategy of binging and purging. It was a really odd synthesis that happened when I started that behavior at age 16. It was like all of the energies and emotions and thoughts that I was picking up on from the world around me suddenly quieted down for the first time ever. And I was able to get through my day without feeling like I was going to fall apart at any given moment. So what does it mean to be an empath? To me, what it means is that empaths feel so deeply. And this is unconscious that we kind of sense and we feel and we take on the feelings the symptoms, the physical sensations, and emotions of the people, places, and things in our environment. So this could be animals, this could be humans, this could be even the land that we walk upon. Um, This could be people from our past that we suddenly think about, or it could be even people within our virtual environment. See, we all have this basic human illusion running in the back of our minds that 
tells us that we're separate from one another. We feel like because we have this separate physical body and we have, you know, our separate houses and we feel separate from nature, we feel separate from other people, but we are all so deeply interconnected, mostly energetically. We are all in an energetic relationship with one another and with every single thing in our environment. When we breathe, we are in relationship with the trees and the plants. And similarly, when we tune into any person or being or situation with our awareness, we are instantly energetically connected with whatever or whomever we are tuning to. I have a handful of patients that I can almost guarantee when I think about that person and send them my, my thoughts and my love and my intention, they call within a day or two. We are all so intertwined with one another on a cosmic level, and the seeming separation between us is an illusion. I'm probably going to go deeper down this particular rabbit hole another time, but for now, this is just a good thing to keep in mind when learning about empathy. This illusion of separation is just that. It's an illusion. We are one cosmic consciousness. We are, we are one whole energy hurling through space on a ball of dirt at light speed. <laughs> like, like when we have this higher perspective of this planet as one whole thing and this galaxy as one whole thing, we, we then finally feel this sense of interconnectedness. But another day, we'll go into that. I'll go down a, too deep of a rabbit hole today if I go there. So empaths, they can sense when they walk into an energetically heavy room that there was just an argument that happened. It's often obvious and totally palpable and uncomfortable. And empaths are also really good at telling when another person isn't being truthful. We can sense the energy that the words that are flowing out of their mouth is not the same energy as the actual message within the words. Oftentimes, what leads to an energetically overwhelmed empath is that they grew up in an environment of trauma, essentially. Trauma leads to empaths. And trauma isn't a bad thing. It's really a fact of life. Like it's something that we all end up going through at some point or another. And oftentimes I think the younger we are, when we experience those traumas, the more empathic we become later on in life. And like I said earlier, this feels like a curse at first. It feels like we're just too much and too sensitive and can't handle things. And so we feel broken rather than like in the possession of a superpower. So I want to change that today. I want to make you feel like your empathy is a superpower rather than a curse. And really, I think we're all empaths. It's just that some of us have had more life experience. And so we have more, more sensitivity later on in life. And then other people have chosen unconsciously, maybe when they were really little to turn that off. And so they don't feel like they feel anything. So 
perhaps you grew up in an environment where dad was volatile and angry or or drunk. And so because at that time you were just a kid and you couldn't articulate your truth, then you learned to shut it down. So what happens when empaths get this energy coming at them is that this energy comes in. So angry dad energy comes in. And what we're supposed to do when we, when we feel that kind of energy is we're supposed to speak our truth about that energy. We're supposed to put it back into the environment. It's this cycle of give and take. And when we were a kid, we couldn't really articulate our truth. We weren't, um, like articulate enough to say something like, you know, dad, when you yell at me, it doesn't really feel good in my body and it makes me feel unsafe. Can you please not do that? That's not something a kid has the wherewithal to say just yet. They just know that they feel deeply what's happening and they often blame themselves or take it on themselves. And so we either, we just know that keeping silent is usually our safest bet. And so it's no fault of ours that we developed this pattern of hiding our truth of the energies that are coming into our bodies. And so silence becomes our norm. And the more energy we take on without expressing it back out into the environment, the more um, spongy we get as empaths. And So then we energetically take on and absorb the fear and anger and um, emotions of the person or thing that's emoting upon us. And we also feel like it's unsafe to set up boundaries around our energetic body. And so we begin a life of silence in order to get along. And this is essentially emotional repression in TMS terminology. This is the beginning of us literally gulping down our truth, which then gets energetically lodged in our bodies. And over time, our body becomes like a sponge to all of the emotional energy around us. And with no known way of getting this energy out as a disempowered empath, our resilience just goes down and we then absorb and develop symptoms. And all the while, we grow up and we get into adulthood feeling like these symptoms are ours and ours alone. Empaths process all of this incoming energy through our bodies. These energies come into our bodies and we have really no idea what we're supposed to do with this energy. And because we're often trained to keep quiet, to be a good girl or a good boy, we're trained to bite our tongue, we're trained to not speak out of turn, or or just not show our true experience of the energy that's coming through us, we stop knowing what is ours and what isn't. And so there are several different kinds of empaths. Some of us are animal empaths, and animal empaths are very in tune with with pets and animals. They often become veterinarians. They often end up working with animals. They often um, become vegan, or they start a rescue organization. Um, 
And then some of us are plant empaths. So some people become herbalists and shamans and they they can, you know, go out in nature and get um, like kind of regenerated by going out into nature. Some of us are medical empaths, the healers, the doctors, the energy workers. Some of us are just intuitive empaths where you can get like words and images coming into your mind um, or into your intuition, letting you know your next steps. Some of us are geomantic empaths where you can feel into the energies of the land or, um, and sometimes we're just somatic empaths where we just feel tingles and sensations or physical pain or emotional pain or increased anxiety that comes out of nowhere. Empaths also have a really hard time saying no. We have a hard time drawing boundaries. We have a hard time knowing what we really want because we end up picking up the energy of whoever we're talking to. And so we forget that we have our own inner wisdom that we can tune into because we've been so busy pleasing everybody around us. And and when we're around another person, we really, we just feel what they want. And so then we want what they want. And it becomes really difficult to have our own identity. And so I think what it also means to be an empath is to eventually, when you become empowered, to know that on a higher level, that the feelings and the thoughts and the sensations that we're feeling right now aren't just ours. They aren't personal. For example, when I was a kid, my constant perception and belief was that other people were mad at me or that I was doing something wrong or that I was doing things to make people upset with me. But what I've come to learn over the last few years is that what I perceive as the feelings people are having about me is actually me feeling into other people's stuck emotions and emotional upheavals. And so now, thanks to my spiritual teachers and my mentors over the last few years, I came to understand that my feelings are my personal way of healing myself and the world. From our typical egoic view of the world and ourselves, we tend to see feelings as ours and only ours, and that if we're feeling something strongly, that we have all this work to do, that we have to get back to where it came from and, and heal it. When, and when we're working from this view that everything is ours, we feel that the goal is to eventually permanently avoid these strong feelings. We tend to get into this habit of wanting to escape these feelings, but from our higher perspective, from our soul's perspective, we come to understand that what we are feeling is the internal felt experience of whatever healing is needed for humanity. And I know that sounds large, that sounds like a big task, and it is, but for me, when I took on this higher perspective, when I began to really believe that what I was feeling and what I was, um, you know, what was coming up within me wasn't a, a character flaw. It wasn't something that I needed to work on. It was just energy 
moving through me. And if I could help move this energy through me for the benefit of the person that I'm working with or the coaching client that I'm with or the patient that I'm with, then it is my honor to take on these strong emotions. And I know that they're not mine and so they don't stick around for long. But when we feel like they're ours, we suddenly take ownership of them and we take them on as ours. So I hope that is starting to make some sense to you. So needless to say, it can be really overwhelming to be an empath. We feel everything way too much. And so then we tend to hermit ourselves and we label ourselves as socially anxious or introverted. And one of the trademarks of empaths is that they can sense where anybody is coming from. And some of us can do this without taking on other people's feelings, but others become sponges. So if empaths are around someone who's peaceful and loving, their bodies assimilate those energies and they flourish. Negativity, however, often feels like a personal attack and it exhausts the empath. And when empaths absorb the impact of stressful emotions, it can trigger anxiety, panic attacks, depression, food, sex, drug binges, chronic pain, and so many physical symptoms that really defy traditional medical diagnosis. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention report that 2 million Americans suffer from chronic fatigue. Dr. Judith Orloff, who is a leading voice in the field of empathy, she's an MD who is also an empath, and it's her view that it's likely that many of the people that suffer from chronic fatigue are just misdiagnosed empaths. When I first began treating patients in the student clinic, I would frequently wind up with the symptoms that my patients would come in with. I would treat a patient with sciatica and I would go home and hours later or the next day, I would suddenly have the same side, same pain. I even had a woman come in with vulvodynia once and I felt so bad for her. She couldn't even, she couldn't even wear underwear. She couldn't wear clothes. Like it was just, nothing could touch her. It was, I just, I felt for her and I treated her one day. I went home and suddenly the next day, signs and symptoms of the same thing. And it was so obvious that it wasn't mine at the time. Somehow I knew not to be worried about it. I mean, part of me worried. <laughs> like, I was like, oh my God, is this contagious? Like, what did I just do? Um, but after talking to people um, in my clinic, it was like a bunch of open minded hippies, you know, working at this acupuncture clinic. And so they would say, well, you've got to protect your energy a little bit better. And so, um, so yeah, so it was at that time that I began to learn about empaths and begin to make steps to protect myself in clinic so that I wouldn't walk home just feeling totally exhausted and drained and full of the physical symptoms of the people that I treated throughout my day. Okay, so knowing all that I've just said, kind of tuning into the signs and symptoms of being an empath. I wonder if you are an empath, 
So I'm going to read you this um, questionnaire. This is taken from Judith Orloff's book, The Empath's Survival Guide. And this can help you determine if you might be an empath. And so I want you to answer these questions with mostly yes or mostly no. And keep a mental note of the yeses that you get along the way. And then we'll let you know what it means at the end. So number one. Have you been labeled as overly sensitive, shy, or introverted? Number two, do I frequently get overwhelmed or anxious? Number three, do arguments or yelling make you ill? Number four, do you often feel like you don't fit in? Number five, are you drained by crowds and do you need alone time to revive yourself? Number six, are you overstimulated by noise, smells, odors, or nonstop talkers? Number seven, do you have any chemical sensitivities or are unable to tolerate scratchy clothing? Number eight, do you prefer taking your own car places so you can leave early if you need to? Number nine, do you overeat to cope with stress? Number 10, are you afraid of becoming suffocated by intimate relationships? Number 11, do you startle easily? Number 12, do you react strongly to caffeine or medications? Number 13, do you have a low pain threshold or do you take on the pain of others? Number 14, do you tend to socially isolate? Number 15, do you absorb people's stress, emotions, or symptoms? Number 16, are you overwhelmed by multitasking and prefer to do one thing at a time? Number 17, do you replenish yourself in nature? Number 18, do you need a long time to recuperate after being with difficult people? Number 19, do you feel better in small cities or the country... Do you feel better in small cities or the country versus large cities? Number 20, do you prefer one-on-one -on -one interactions or small groups rather than large gatherings? All right, so now cal calculate your yeses. If you answered yes to one to five of those, you're at least partially an empath. When you respond yes to six to 10 questions, that means you have moderate empathic tendencies. And if you said yes to 11 to 15, it means you have very strong empathic tendencies. More than 15 questions means you're a full-blown empath. One of the biggest things that I've noticed within the TMS community specifically is that the most sensitive people, and therefore the ones that I see as the most connected empaths, who just might not know that they're empaths, are the ones who can read a post in a TMS forum or group and suddenly develop the symptoms that have been talked about. And then number two, they also feel moved to respond to and offer their love and support to those who are in crisis. 
So you might have been labeled as a highly sensitive person. You may be someone who has a hard time watching the news or hearing about global tragedy. You may feel utterly alone and helpless to the pain of the planet. And yet you have no idea that this is what you're feeling. So you take it all on as your own and you feel utterly alone and helpless and broken. So if this sounds like you, I want you to take a nice deep breath in and sigh it all out. You are not broken. You are not crazy. You're not a hypochondriac. You are sensitive and you're a beautiful spirit who just thinks the pain of the world is their own. And it feels like your it feels like your own. It feels totally like your own. But I think sometimes the empath, you know, goes through life thinking that they have to fix themselves when really they've just become such an energetic sponge that they're fixing the whole world right now. I want you to know that healing is possible. And if you've been exposed to early childhood trauma, or if you've been raised by abusive parents, it's really important that you learn to feel safe enough to embrace your sensitive heart right now. Part of this involves learning to set healthy boundaries with others and also choosing positive people in your circle who can be supportive of your sensitive heart. In addition, protection and centering techniques and different meditations can help to strengthen your core so that you can be both strong and sensitive. So the goal for empaths is to be empowered and to use your sensitivities to be loving to yourselves first and foremost, to be kind to your tender heart and to create this ripple effect of love out into the world once you learn to accept yourself for the beautiful, sensitive soul that you are. I feel like such a large portion of people who are dealing with mind-body symptoms are physical empaths. And so if you feel like this might be true for you on some level, this can be a revelation and a relief, just knowing that it's not all your stuff. So you need to know that you're not crazy. You need to know that you're not a hypochondriac. You're not imagining anything. Your pain is always real. You're just a super sensitive person with a true gift that you can absolutely develop and successfully manage over time. So if you're hearing this and you feel like you're in a disempowered state about your empathic abilities, that's okay. You just haven't had this awareness up until this point. Awareness of your empathic sensitivities is the first step to building your resilience within these gifts. So we can begin to look within and explore more and tune into the sensations that our bodies are giving us instead of personalizing them and making ourselves into the victims of these sensations. So my first step would be to just begin to tune in to your body's sensations. Begin to notice the signals that your body is giving you and just kind of bring your awareness into the messages that might be underneath them. Signals that are pretty common among empaths are tingling on the skin, 
sudden pain, um, even intruding thoughts, um, feeling super distracted, like ADD, like you can't focus on any one thing. That's because you're feeling all the energy of everyone around you and you, you want to be focusing on all of those other people. And so you forget to tend to yourself. Um, another sign would be feeling suddenly super negative. Like if you were feeling pretty good and then all of a sudden, wham, like I feel like crap. Um, that's a good sign that you're picking up on someone else's energy. If you get ringing in the ears or flashes of light or orbs or different vibrational wave sensations, those can also be signs that you're currently in the process of empathing something. And we all have these to a certain degree. It's just how aware are we of them? And the more awareness we bring to these sensations, the more we can develop our sensitivity as a a superpower instead of a curse. So the first step is really just having a dialogue with yourself. This is a great way to shift out of this disempowered empathic experience into an empowered empathic experience. When we begin to just stop and tune in and ask ourselves curious questions, just that process in and of itself calms the nervous system and we can begin to tune into our intuition. And with practice, we can learn to trust ourselves again. When we are overly empathic, we have no idea what we truly want or need because we're just too in tune with the energies coming in all directions that we forget to check in with ourselves and hear our own inner voice. So the first step is to just get curious and ask yourself curious questions. For example, you can just close your eyes and say, what energy or pain is this? And you always pause and ask, just kind of wait for an answer. You might not get it right away, but with practice, you'll begin to Just notice that the first thought that comes into your head, that's your intuition. You could ask something like, is this really mine or is this someone else's? You could ask if this energy is someone else's, what is, where is it coming from? What is its purpose? Why am I feeling this now? And then you can begin to ask different curious questions like, what color is this pain? What's the shape of the pain that I'm seeing in my mind? Is there a texture? Is it spinning in a clockwise direction or a counterclockwise direction, or is it still? When we begin to ask these curious questions, we not only signal to our brain that we are safer than we once thought within these symptoms, but by getting curious and interested in our own experience and offering our body the attention and the awareness that it's calling out for, we are just getting into relationship with ourselves again. So start building a description of your sensations. Start calling it out by name. Start just putting a frame around it. And you'll be amazed to find that as you begin to cultivate this curious relationship with yourself and your symptoms, your body feels tended to, and it begins to unwind. 
Another technique to help you become a more empowered empath is to begin to tune into your gut, your solar plexus, your abdomen. When we tune into our gut, we are grounding ourselves within our bodies. This is centering ourselves. And this is so valuable to do when our energies feel overwhelmed or scattered. So to round out today's podcast, I'm just going to guide you on a little gut centering exercise. And so if you're sitting at home, just follow along for a few minutes. It won't take long. And that way you'll know how to do this when you're feeling overwhelmed. You can, you can tap into this resource anytime and you can begin to remember that, okay, when I'm feeling overwhelmed, we're just going to go ahead and tune into the gut. We tend to live exclusively in our minds, and sometimes we feel things in our hearts too. Like when somebody tells a heartbreaking story, we can feel like a literal sensation in our hearts. But for the most part, we are overthinking everything. And so we're living in our heads all day, all night. And one area that we tend to neglect as empaths is our gut. And our gut has so much wisdom within it. So let's slow it down. If you're able to, I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to take both of your hands and place them over your belly. And as you breathe in, make your belly soft and let your hands rise and fall. And I want you to drop your whole awareness into your abdomen, into your stomach. Breathe in to your hands and sigh it out. Slow it down. Breathe. Let your belly just stick out and soften it. Focus all your energy and awareness on the gut. Both hands on the belly, slowing everything down. Slowly breathing into the diaphragm. And anytime you feel your mind come in, just slow it back down and bring it back to the gut. Slow, steady, belly breathing. Just tune into the gut and become aware of what's really going on here. Start feeling into your body. Feel into its connection to the environment around you. If your feet are on the floor, feel your connection to the earth itself. 
Know that your whole body is connected to the earth. It's part of the earth. And just get a felt sense of what it feels like to drop into your body. What does it feel like to live from your gut? Doesn't it feel nice to get out of your head for a little bit? And as we keep our focus on the gut, we are settling down our nervous system. We're tapping into our inner power. We are grounding and centering ourselves. And we're taking our own power back. And so this little tune into the gut exercise is just something really simple that you can come back to when you're feeling overwhelmed. When you're feeling overwhelmed, it's time to just slow it down. You don't have to think your way out of anything. You can't think your way out of anything. That's not where, that's not where we get things figured out, if you haven't noticed already. By slowly breathing into the gut, and telling yourself, I'm just going to slow it down a little bit. By doing that, by settling the gut, our heart and mind becomes grounded into our physical bodies. By grounding yourself and your energy, by tuning into your body, and by simultaneously tuning out of the constant noise of your, our environment, the electronics, the social media, we begin to build, rebuild our resilience. So another recommendation would be to shut it down. Put your phone away, put your computer away, turn the TV off, quiet the constant voices that are coming from outside of yourself and tune in to your body, your spirit, your inner wisdom. Tune into your body and trust that the sensations that you're feeling are not dangerous. Start asking curious questions and get to know what these sensations are really all about. One of the keys to owning your empathy and becoming empowered within this sensitive nature of yours is this. Don't panic if you pick up a new pain or some other symptom, it happens. And what I do is I just surrender to the sensation fully. I tune into its messages. I ask it curious questions. And I know that if I am empathing this, that I'm totally willing to help transmute this energy for whomever on the planet is in need of my assistance in this matter. And by owning this power, it makes me feel safe within any symptom. And that's enough for me. And if you might identify now as an empath, if you think that this might fit your personality, 
try it out. Try removing the blame that you're putting on yourself for your symptoms. Try removing this need to fix yourself. Maybe just try trusting that you are a highly sensitive soul that has the strength and the chutzpah to hold on to all of this energy within your life environment. And I believe that by owning this power over time, if you keep just owning it and re-owning it and saying like, okay, I'm helping the planet by feeling this crap, (laughs) then eventually you'll feel safer, you'll feel healthier, and you will provide a space for your own intuition and sensitivities to blossom. Being an empath is, is a special gift. And I think it's a gift that we can all tap into if you're willing and open enough to, to kind of go there. It's a little bit of a, uh, an etheric concept. But we all know there's some truth there. We all know that we can feel when someone's upset. We all know that we can feel when a room is in mourning. Like the energy is dense. And I think the older we get, the more sensitive we become, the more life experience we have, the more sensitive we become. I felt totally emotionless for 10 years while I was doing all my numbing behaviors. But now that I'm not doing that anymore and I'm, I'm allowing myself to feel what comes through me, I feel like I have psychic abilities. Like I feel like I'm, I'm nurturing this intuitive side of myself that's able to see through the veils that people put up. And so I think that's available to all of us. If we begin to allow and accept the thoughts and feelings and emotions that are coming through us and to know that they're not personal. And so I hope this all made sense to you. I'll probably revisit this topic another day because it's pretty deep. And so just for now, begin to trust that you're safer within your symptoms than you think. And perhaps they're not even yours to figure out. And so the more you can allow and just let them move through you, the stronger you'll get. And and then always come back to those curious questions, come back to the gut centering. And, you know, meditation, of course, is a wonderful way to tune back into your own body. Somatic tracking, um, all of these things are really helpful in kind of strengthening our resilience, but it takes a little time. So you're not going to feel resilient right away, most likely, especially if you've been uh, an unknown empath all of your life, but now it's starting to make sense. This is the beginning of a new way of being for you. And I'm so excited for you to begin to reclaim the power that was always yours. So that's it for today. I love you guys, and I will see you all.